This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. Well, on this Father's Day, we are going to take a look at the topic of family. What is family? Uh, The word family comes from the Latin word familia, uh, which means a household, uh, those living in a house. Uh, The dictionary defines family as a basic social group consisting of one or more parents and their children, uh, whether living together or not, um, or any group that is closely related by blood. So that could be parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins. But before we look at this topic of family, I want to ask you to turn to one person, and I want you to answer two questions. And if that makes anyone uncomfortable, you can just grab a piece of paper and write the answer to these questions. But in a moment, I want you to turn and to one person and answer two questions. Here are the questions. Question number one, who is in your family? And then question two, where are they located? So my answer would be my mom, my dad, my older sister, older brother, younger brother, where they located there in Dayton, Ohio. So that's how I would answer it. So who is in your family and where are they located? Go ahead and turn to someone and answer those two questions. I know a family who had 25 kids, so if that's you, you can continue the conversation at the end of the service. But in our culture, uh, in our culture, there are many types of families, uh, many expressions of what it means to be a family, a traditional family, a single parent family, and about half of us are, come from broken families, uh, parents who've died, divorced, far away, or they're Uh, siblings have passed on or they're estranged. Uh, Most of us have some brokenness in our family relationships as well, which is why this topic is so important. The question that I want to look at today is who does Jesus say our family really is? What does Jesus think about this topic? Who does he say our family really is? So let's pray and ask for his help. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we get to be together and thank you for being present with us. I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we would hear the words of Jesus, the teaching of fa- about family and what it means and who fi- our family is. And Lord, help us to, to see what it means to be in the family of God. Bless this time, anoint it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're looking at Mark chapter 3, but let me just give you the context. Uh, In the beginning uh, of Jesus' ministry, he really was preaching, preaching about the kingdom of God coming near in him, and he was healing. He was healing many, many people, diseases, casting out demons. He was healing the leper, the paralytic. And he healed so many people that there was a great crowd that came to him. They just wanted to be near him and to touch him, to be as close to him as possible, to hear him teach. His teaching was healing as well. 
And so Jesus goes on to the top of a mountain, and then he chooses 12 that he wanted to be with, and he called them his apostles because they were sent out to do what he did, which was to preach the good news of the kingdom and to heal people. And so his fa- so after that, he went home, and the crowd that had gathered was so great that the disciples couldn't even eat. Think about that. That's how, how much people wanted to be near Jesus. They couldn't even eat because of the crowd in and around the home. And his family got news of all of this that Jesus was doing, all of the preaching and the healing and the confronting the religious leaders of the day. And so when his family heard of it, they seized him, uh, or they went out to seize him, for they were saying, he is out of his mind. He has lost his mind. That's what they're thinking. So his family now is going to come and get him in this home that is all crowded. So now we're ready to look at the text. Mark chapter 3, verse 31. And his mother and his brothers came and standing outside, remember because all these crowds were there just to be, to touch Jesus, to get healing from him. And they sent, this family sent to Jesus and called to him. They summoned him. And in that culture, when the mother or father says, come, you have to come. And a crowd was sitting around Jesus and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. In other words, you got to go. And Jesus answered them. And here's the word, who? Who? Who are my mother and my brothers? And then he does something shocking. He looks at all of those who sat around and he said, here are my mothers and here are my brothers. For whoever does the will of God He is my brother and my sister and my mother. Is that not shocking to you? Well, it wasn't shocking to me when I first read it. In fact, you know, we just spent time in the gospel of Mark, and I skipped over this passage. I didn't even preach it when we looked at the gospel. But then I realized this passage is in all the synoptic gospels. This idea is in all the gospels. There is something really important that God wants to see through Jesus in this passage. If this if verses 34 and 35 are not deeply shocking to you and to me, then we don't understand the passage. So let me try again. Let's look at the context. In the time of Jesus, family was everything to the first century Jew. Everything. Honoring your parents was not just a part of the general law. It was part of the Ten Commandments, the only commandment with a promise. The Jewish family bond was tight and long-lasting. Normally, the children would live next to their parents. In fact, when a man would go... uh, find a wife, he would first build right on next to the father's house, and that's where they would live, right in the father's house. The family unit was tight. They usually had a business together. They shared everything in common. For the Jews, loyalty to the family was the local expression of loyalty to Israel as the people of God. 
So if you're loyal and, and faithful to your family, in a sense, you are loyal to Israel and the whole family of God. It was against the law for a Jew to marry a non-Jew. That, that, was considered void, that marriage would have been considered void under Jewish law. The family was a sign of Jewish identity. So just like Sabbath was a sign that they were distinct uh, as people from all the other people, uh, just like the food laws that they celebrated, just like circumcision set them apart as different people from all the other people, family set them apart too. It was a deep, deep sign of Jewish identity. Being loyal to your family meant that you were loyal to the ancestral heritage going all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, being loyal to your family, in a sense, meant you you were faithful to Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when Jesus, when his mother and brothers come, and Jesus looks around and he says at everyone, and he says, whoever does the will of God, he's my mother, my brother, my sister. This would have been scandalous. Jesus is challenging the traditional structure. Jesus challenges the symbols that lay at the heart of the Jewish sense of identity. Jesus is saying that God is doing the unthinkable now. God is starting a new family with a new holy people, and God is going to do this without regard to the ordinary human family bonds. So unless we read verses 34 and 35, unless we are deeply shocked by what Jesus says, we have not gotten the passage. So let's read it again. Here we are. And his mother and brothers came, standing outside. They sent to Jesus and called to him, and he should have come right away. And the crowd was sitting there uh, around him, and he said to them, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Why aren't you going? And Jesus says, Well, who are my mother and brothers? And then looking at those, and here's the shocking uh, teaching of Christ. Those all around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my mother and my sister and my brother. Jesus is redefining what it means to be in the family of God. God's family is not bound by Jewish ethnicity, is not bound by kinship or relatives or blood. So what Jesus is saying is that the church is the family of God. The church is not a business. The church is not a service organization. The church is meant to be a family. The family is the most important metaphor in describing a church in the New Testament. So, for example, the words connected to the metaphor of family as church, the brothers used 110 times, father 63 times, inheritance 17 times, sons 17 times, children 39 times. That is why Paul says that we are, the church is, members of the household of God. We are meant to be a family. We are meant and called to be a family. 
The church is God's family. Jesus radically redefines who is included in God's family. Isn't it incredible? So I want to ask three questions about this passage, about the teaching of Jesus. The first question is, who is a member of God's family? Second, why is it important to be a member of God's family? And then how can we become members? So the question number one, who is a member of God's family? Again, in Jesus' day, only Jews uh, could, or who, those who became Jews, could be a part of the family of God. But again, listen to what Jesus says. Whoever does the will of God, that's family. Whoever does the will, the desire, the want of God is our mother and our brother and our sisters. So the question is, what does it mean to do the will of God? What is God's will? According to Jesus, there's one primary will of God. There's one primary desire of God. Jesus says this. Well, he, he began by saying that he himself came down from heaven. He is God revealed. And he came down not to do his will, but to do the will of the Father. And this is what he says. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. That is the will of the Father. The fundamental will of God is to believe in his Son, Jesus. That's what God wants and desires for everyone. So the second question then, why is it important to be a member of God's family? What does it matter for us today? Why is it important? And I want to share three reasons why I think it's important, but there are many reasons. First, because we live in a world today, especially in the Western world, where many families are separated. Many Western families don't even live in the same location. Often our jobs, our relationships uh, separate us geographically. So, for example, my family lives in Ohio. My wife's family lives in Holland and Washington, D.C. and California. We're all spread out. We're separated geographically. Most American families only get together on Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, a funeral, a wedding. It's a bit different in the non-Western world. Um, We lived in the Philippines for the last decade, and it was common in the Philippines for young married couples to live with their parents. In fact, I had an elder at my last church, uh, Gilbert Reyes, who who said his children can never leave his home. doesn't matter if they're married, if they have kids, they, over his dead body, are they going to leave his home? That's how it worked. But in the U.S., parents can't wait for their kids to leave their houses. I even hear a woo-hoo over there. You know, in developing countries, often parents will need to leave the country in order just to find meaningful work. One in ten Filipinos leave the Philippines for work just to support their family. Which means that one in every 10 kids rarely ever sees their parent. Families are getting more and more dislocated, which is what makes the family of God so, so important. The second reason it's important to be a member of God's family is that many families are broken. Half of marriages are broken. 
which means half of our kids don't live with one of their parents, and the other half that stay together, many of those relationships are strained. And so in that brokenness, we need to find family. We need to find healthy fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers to connect with. The third reason it's important to become a member of God's family is that we live in an age of hyper-individualism, especially in the United States. An age of individualism, uh, which is creating an epidemic of loneliness. So according to Mother Teresa, imagine Mother Teresa, she, she dealt with poverty like you can't imagine in Calcutta. And someone asked, what, what is the greatest poverty? And Mother Teresa said, the greatest poverty is the poverty of loneliness and isolation. The greatest poverty is the poverty of loneliness and isolation. You know, loneliness is such a problem in England and the UK that they created a minister of loneliness. Do you hear that? They literally created a position, a governmental position to deal with the problems of loneliness in the UK. There have never been more of us closely together on this planet, and yet we have never been further apart. We need family. And that's what makes the family of God so important. So the question, the third question then is how can we become a member of God's family? And Jesus puts it this way in John 1. He says, but to all, that means all, no matter who you are, all who did receive Jesus, who believe in his name, to believe in Jesus, God gave that person, whoever they are, the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man or woman, but born of God. That when we put our faith in Jesus, we are born of God, and then we become his children. That is who we are. God's inviting us to be a member of his family. So if anyone here has not yet received Jesus, if anyone here today on this Father's Day has not yet believed in Jesus, I want to invite you on this Father's Day to uh, receive him. And so there's no special formula for receiving Jesus, but I'd like all of us now, if you don't mind, just extend your hand in a posture of receiving something. Just hold your hands out as if you're receiving a gift. Um, Because even if you have the desire to receive Jesus, that desire is gift. It's a gift of God. And I just want to pray for us as we hold our hands out. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the gift of faith in Jesus. And for those of us who have not yet put our trust in Jesus, we'd like to receive Jesus now. And we place our trust in Jesus. Thank you, God. For those of us who have already received Jesus, Lord, we thank you for giving us the gift of faith. We thank you that we are a part of the family of God. Please, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we would know and never, ever forget that we have become your children. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, 
But for those who receive Jesus for the first time, I want to say welcome to the family. When when we receive Jesus, we become a member of God's family. We are family. This is a one-point sermon. We're family. You know, I love being a Christian, and one of the many reasons that I love, one of the best benefits of being a Christian is that we have family all over the world. We can go anywhere in the world and find a place to stay and find family. And when we are a member of God's family, we, the best news is we get to borrow fathers and mothers. We get to borrow sisters and brothers and grandparents. You know, I was a member of Antioch Bible Church in Kirkland, Washington, in Seattle. Uh, and I was a member of that church family. And I met a friend. His name is Greg Farah. And he, you know, theologically, he's my brother, yes, but he is my brother. He is such my brother that I, I nicknamed him Bafam. And when I email him, I say, Dear Bafam. Do you know what that stands for? Brother from another mother. Brother from another mother. Dear Bafam, brother from another mother. He is my brother from another mother. He is my brother. 26 years of being with my brother. It is good. When I was a member at uh, Union, uh, University Presbyterian Church family, Earl Palmer was the senior pastor at the time, and he became my spiritual father. And his wife, Shirley, became a uh, mother to me and to my family. And do you know when I broke my neck and became a quadriplegic, Earl and Shirley drove eight hours one way just to come and pray with my wife, Michelle, while I was in surgery. They couldn't even see me. And after they prayed for my wife, they drove eight hours all the way back. Now that is being a part of the family of God. You know, God called my family to serve his family at Union Church of Manila in the Philippines. So I was even further away from my family of origin. My mom and dad were not only not in the Philippines, they were on the other side of the globe in, Date, in exotic Dayton, Ohio, and where everyone wants to vacation. Um, so I, I had to borrow fathers, and I borrowed a father named Larry Podmore. And he loved me like a son, and he treated me like a son. And miraculously, I was able to be his son and be his pastor at the same time. He was Australian. He'd always say, g'day, 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 Pastor Steve. I love him. And he emailed me this week just checking in. I borrowed mothers. There's a mother named Indra Theresingham from Sri Lanka, and she would make me Sri Lankan food and stuff uh, our freezer with her food. And she basically said to me this, whether you like it or not, you're my son. (laughs) And I like it. And she prays for me every day. She's my mother. And I borrowed grandparents. My grandparents passed away a long time ago, so I have to borrow grandparents. And Jeanette Smith, this woman from Indonesia, was my grandma. And the first thing I did every time when I walked into a service, the first thing I did was go over to my grandma, and I would, I would take her hand and put it to my forehead, which in the Philippines is a sign of respect. And that's what I did. She was my grandma. My family moved then from the Philippines to the other side to this exotic city called Portland, Oregon. Yeah, incredible place where we could serve 
the Sunset family, and we are happy to be a part of this local family of God. And we don't have any relatives who live near us, so we are borrowing mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers. And one of the things that I love about this church is it's an intergenerational church. My kids, they're borrowing brother, older brothers like Rick and like D group leaders. And one of the great strengths of this church is the seniors. We have many, many godly grandparents who can love on my children. Laurel Blanchard made... Easter baskets for my kids. Um, Phyllis and Woody Buchelman, they made dinner for me and my boys while Michelle is away. We are a family. We're a family. And it's good. When you receive Jesus, we receive a family. Those who can come alongside of us. And I have to just point out, you know, my, when my brother lived in Oregon, he borrowed Jerry and Ann North, who are here right now. And they were his parents while he lived here. And I'm borrowing you too as well. And so it's so good to be a part of God's family. And we're all invited. You're invited. You're invited into God's family. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this gift. Thank you for the gift of family. Lord, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit to be grateful for what we have. For who we have in one another. And bless this family of yours. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sunset Church is a house of prayer for all nations. It's a house. It's God's house. We're his family. I'd like to call former elders, current elders, prayer ministers to come forward at this time. If any of you need prayer, want to pray with an elder, uh, we're going to be here and we'd love to pray with you after the service. Yes, we have bagels and car show. So car show, bagels, prayer. Car show, bagels, no question for me, prayer. Um, Then you can enjoy the other stuff later. So receive the blessing. May we keep our eyes on Jesus. May we keep serving Jesus. May we keep loving one another. May we keep praying. And may the love of God the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the intimate fellowship of his holy presence be with you all now and forever. And all God's people said, Amen.